It is a Saturday morning here in CCU Land when we have a bit of a wine chat with our friend from Haskell's, Jack Farrell. Good morning, Jack. Hi there, Denny. How are you this fine morning? You know, I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for asking. I hope you uh, are as well. And uh, we look, always am. look forward to see uh, seeing what uh, you have on your mind on Saturdays. Well, I have on my mind today, last night, looking out at that snow, I mean, <laughs> it's a lot of it, but it sure is pretty to look at. Yeah. And I was having lamb stew and a glass of Chateauneuf de Pop. And I thought, you know, here's one of the unsung wines of the world. That's tomorrow what we should talk about. Chateauneuf de Pop is a French wine, and it gets its name from the castle of the new pope, which in, in it unto itself is a very interesting thing. Uh, in 1300, so over 700 years ago, they had a schism in the Catholic Church, and they elected a new pope, and he moved the, he was French, and he moved the Vatican from Rome to Avignon, France. And that the papacy stayed in Avignon for 70 years. And Avignon became the town of the popes. And that the papacy stayed in Avignon for 70 years. And Avignon became the town of the popes, etc., etc. So that 70 years, it was the center of Christianity, etc. And the Avignon papacy or papacy, was uh, well-known throughout the world. And, of course, in doing that, uh, they brought their culinary skills, etc., from Italy, and their uh, uh, wine uh, preferences. And while they certainly liked, and mind you, 70 years is a long time, uh, the, they liked the wine of Burgundy, and uh, the wines from... The Chateauneuf de Pop area, which wasn't called Chateauneuf de Pop at the time, but they were used to fortify these Burgundy wines because they added a little. In fact, they were fortifying them up until World War One. When you bought a Burgundy, chances are a third of that Burgundy was wine from the Rhone Valley. Maybe uh, I think people have heard me say before. Uh, the Rhone Valley produced these big, robust wines, which helped stabilize the wine and increase their longevity. They could last longer. And in 1900, the most popular wine in London was something called Lafitte Hermitage, where they blended Chateau Lafitte Rothschild, which is a great uh, Bordeaux that's world-known, uh, and they blended it with Hermitage, which is the best wine of the Northern Rhone, which almost 100% Syrah. And in doing that, that was the number one wine in all of London, and for that matter, all of the uh, sophisticated world, was this Hermitage Lafitte. And it was a blended wine using it. But, but we're going back 700 years, and they started to blend Chateauneuf de Pop with the Burgundies. Well, uh, under John the Twenty Second, who was the Pope at the time, uh, he created some new viticultural practices, and he became the wine Pope. And he built a castle there that is the basis for Chateauneuf de Pop. And 
he developed a passion for these wines. They really were remarkable wines. And the good news is for everybody is they're still remarkable today. And what a value. You know, a Chateau Neuf de Pop, well-made, etc., will last for years. You can't say that about a lot of wines throughout the world. And fortunately, uh, the explosion in prices of fine wines throughout the world hasn't really hit Burgundy or hasn't really hit the Rhone Valley as hard as it's hit its northern neighbor, Burgundy, or for that matter, Bordeaux, or for that matter, uh, the whole world of wine. The high-end wines are getting more and more expensive, and you have to reach out and really look for some wines that are very, very good and very, very affordable. And I was fortunate enough to have a bottle of wine uh, the other night with my uh, delicious stew as I looked out at that pretty white snow uh, called Chateau Lafond. It was a 2018 Chateau Neuf de Pop. Retails for about $35. It was five uh, years old uh, in 1918. And then I just for fun opened a bottle of, that I had around of 2003 of the same wine. It was 20 years old. And it was absolutely marvelous. And those wines are well under $50. I think the the Lafon uh, retails for about thirty five dollars, and to have a wine of that intensity, quality, and depth for that kind of money is really a great bargain. And you know you can uh, acquire those wines. The the eighteen is on our shelves right now, so it's uh, you know five years old and ready to drink, uh, and it'll get nothing but better. But anyhow, so it has this noble history going back to the popes. And it's a big area of France, so it provides a lot of wine. Chateauneuf de Pop is the primary wine of the Southern Rhone. The Rhone is divided into two parts, northern and southern. In the northern Rhone, uh, Syrah is the principal grape type. Uh, in the southern Rhone, it's Grenache. They grow plenty of both in either end. But uh, as I said earlier, Hermitage is almost 100% Syrah. And some Chateauneuf de Pops are almost 100% Grenache. In fact, the original recipe for Chateauneuf de Pop, which is still used by the people at Chateau Beaucastle, uh, Beaucastle means pretty house, and uh, the uh, Beaucastle people use that original recipe that contains 13 varietals that are blended into the final Chateauneuf de Pop of Chateau Beaucastle. But more progressive ones have changed the recipe, and as I said, they even use some white wines, uh, white wine grapes in that 13 uh, varietal blend. And they have, have been absolutely swear by it, and who can deny the pleasures of Chateau Beaucastle? It really is a delightful, a wonderful uh, Chateau Neuf de Pop, but it's made the old fashioned way. And some of the newer ones where they're made with more Grenache are really uh, very interesting. And, you know, Rhone wines, as I've said in the past many times, are some of the great values in the world. You can buy a really good Rhone wine for under $15, and you'd be very happy to have that in everyday red wine in your house. Uh, it's even good enough for really good occasions at $15. And there aren't many wines like that. But we're talking basically about the best of the Southern Rhone, which is Chateauneuf de Pop. Uh, Chateauneuf de Pop is, uh, has a good place in history 
of winemakers because uh, there was some fraud in the area right after World War One, and they decided they the French government decided to step right in in 1923, and they issued the first Appellation Controlli, uh, or controlled place, for wines. And now, of course, every area of wine growing in France has its own AOC and regulations it has to follow, etc. But the first one was Chateauneuf-du-Pape to combat the uh, skullduggery and fooling around that they were doing, monkeying with grapes. And Chateau Forestia which is a, a great Chateauneuf de Pop, uh, was the principal director of that. Uh, Chateauneuf de Pops are fairly strong in alcohol. They're usually over uh, 12.5%, 13%. They can go as high as 15%. But they're uh, really a remarkable wine because they're such a good value t- in today's market. And they take bottle age. When friends suggest wine that they want to put away, but they don't want to break the bank. I always go right to Chateauneuf du Pop because it's reliable and uh, really a, a, a wine that you know if it's well made, uh, it'll last a while if you store it well, of course. But the the area there is so interesting to me. As you walk through those vineyards, you'd swear you were on a cobblestone road. There are all these stones everywhere and pebbles and the vines grow right through that, and, and those, of course, pebbles help keep the wines warm at night because it does get chilly on that Rhone Valley where Chateauneuf-du-Pop is. But, uh, and then it releases that heat at night, so it acts as a heating air conditioning system, sort of. And the wines are really just remarkable. Uh, in fact, it's kind of funny. There's a wine from that area called Cigar Volant, and Cigar Volant in the 50s, they had these cigar-shaped things in the air. Kind of, They thought they were flying saucers, but they called them flying cigars. And as a matter of fact, they've banned them, and the ban is still in effect in that whole Chateauneuf-du-Pop area, as if they could control that type of stuff. But anyhow, I think it's fun, and they do have a Chateauneuf-du-Pop called Cigar Volant. Then there's View Telegraph, and as I said, Boat Castle, which is one of my favorites, and, and one of the most eccentric guys I ever met in the wine business was at Chateau Reyes. Uh He makes wonderful Chateauneuf de Pop, very old-fashioned, and he was using a wine thief, which is a long pipette, a glass pipette, but they put in a barrel and, <coughs> excuse me, take it out and fill your glass with it. And he uh, was standing up at the top of the barrel, and he took out the pipette, and my friend he was tasting with had a white shirt on. Well, all of a sudden, the shirt was half red because he took his finger off the top of the pipette, and all the wine flew out onto my friend's shirt. And, of course, we all had a good laugh over it in the wine business. Those kind of things are sort of expected. And usually when you're off tasting wine, you don't wear white shirts. But anyhow, it was a good lesson for all of us. And uh, the good news is the stain came right out. But uh, Chateau Reyes is not a wine that you want to miss. It's really, really good. And, you know, they do make a white Chateau de Pop, which I find very interesting. However, it's a lot of Viognier in it. But uh, it, it, 
it's the same price as, in some instances, a little more than the red wine. But I, the area is so well known for the red, red wines that it produces that I certainly wouldn't spend that kind of money. Uh, it, it's fun to try it and say, be able to say, well, I've had Chateauneuf de Pop Blanc. But uh, and, and it's a small portion. The wines, maybe 6% of the wines of Chateauneuf de Pop are white wines. But it's interesting to try uh, Shinso and Grenache Blanc and... Uh, are, are the other grape types that are found in white ones. But the common ones are, of course, the red ones, and they have kind of a jam-like nose and deep color, deep spice. Chateauneuf de Bop wines are often discovered and, and described as earthy flavors with hints of leather. Uh, but that doesn't sound very appealing. I think they have a little fruit and uh, a good tannin amount to them that lets you know that this wine is somebody pay attention to me and that's how a wine should be but it shouldn't jump out of the glass and say pay attention to me and ignore the food you're with Chateauneuf de Pop is really a food wine it goes so well with anything that's hearty and robust and of course uh, in these snowy days I can't think of a red wine that is better to have on a chilly, snowy night than a glass of Chateauneuf de Pop with a hearty, say, cassoulet. That's a French stew that's made with white beans that is just absolutely delicious, in my opinion. Uh, that white bean, you usually put chicken and sausage in there with the white beans, and it's a very, very hearty dish. And I think Chateauneuf de Pop goes very well with it, in spite of the fact that the other night I didn't have cassoulet. I was having a lamb stew, and that went pretty well with the Chateauneuf de Pop as well. As I said, the wines are a little higher in alcohol than a lot of other red wines, but that's the regulation. They can't sell Chateauneuf de Pop that isn't a minimum of 12.5%, and typically it's between 13 and 15%, never over 15%. But uh, it, good color extraction. It really is a wonderful wine, and that's a nice area of France to visit. Uh, you know, it's just outside of Provence, so it has lovely fields of lavender. And as you stand on the hills overlooking the Rhone River, you can't help but think that those cardinals and the popes 700 years ago were visionaries if they ever dreamt that this wine would become so popular around the world. And as I say, the really, really good news of it is it's so very, very affordable. Uh, today, when we look at Bordeaux going for hundreds of dollars a bottle and the same with Burgundies, there aren't many bottles of wine that will age well, impress your friends, impress your palate, and be very affordable. Excellent. Jack, we know you can find all the good things you talk about at any Haskell's location. Indeed. The folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine. They can't cook the meal, but they can make the meal a memorable occasion by picking the right wine. And you know, they're really good at that. We've been doing it for 85 years, and they'll help you pick a wine that won't break the bank, a nice, affordable wine. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine, spirits, and beer. Haskell's in Bloomington, there's a Haskell's in Excelsior, right off of 35, there's a Haskell's in Faribault, 
Our Maple Grove Super Cellar is not to be missed. 22,000 square feet of vineyards in the world. In Minneapolis, we have free parking on Saturday and Sunday. There's a Haskell's at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com. And don't forget, we do deliver. Excellent. Jack, let's do this again next week. You know, Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. That's Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Haskell's.